Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Good morning, church. Good morning. Y'all enjoying the rain or not really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My kids are. Every day they're like, Dad, we want to go swimming. Dad, we want to go swimming. I tell them, the more you ask, the less likely we're going to go. Kids are relentless. I'm like, man, I just need some of that perseverance like they got. But I'm excited uh, for all the mission trips going on. Man, it's something I always think about. Like God calls the church to be a missional church. And that means one that just doesn't equip those that come in the doors, but is always sending people out. And a lot of times, I think when we think about that word missionary, right? We think about people that have moved to another country, that are sharing the news about Jesus, that are helping people in their faith. But the truth is, whether you move to another country or not, man, that's all of us. We're all missionaries whenever you become a believer, when you're a follower of Jesus. And that's my prayer for each one of us, that as we come on Sundays, we come on Wednesdays, any of the groups that you attend, that you feel like you're getting equipped to go out and spread the good news of Jesus, to love on people like Jesus, to serve like Jesus. And today's, we're going to be reading uh, out of Luke chapter 10. About Jesus setting out his own mission team. It's something that we talk about in our work life class that we're all created with purpose, we're all created with value, and it's to add value to the world that God's created. So, man, I'm excited for today. But before we get started, I want to pray. I want to pray that we're more than just takers to the kingdom of God, but we're contributors to it. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord. In a world filled with billions of people, Lord, you choose to use us to reach some of those. And so, Father, I just pray right now that as we come into your name, Lord, that we would just see what that mission looks like for each one of us. Father, some of us, you're calling to go across the world. Some of us, you're calling us to go across the street. But whatever the place, Father, help us receive your assignment. Help us receive your mission. Help us be able to tune into your voice, Lord. And and, man, just block out the noise that surrounds us. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that despite sometimes our education, despite, uh, man, our lack of whatever we feel that we need to be qualified, Lord, you still use us. So, Father, we just ask that, man, we would be used. We wouldn't miss out opportunities that you have before us, but that we would see them clearly. Father, we just thank you for this. We, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10. We're going to start at the verse, first two uh, verses, verse 1 and 2. But I want to read what it says starting at verse 1. 
It says, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in Paris and all the towns and places he planned to visit. And these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So praise to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. I think when we think about the disciples, right, we always think about the twelve. Those are the ones that always come to our mind. But what you read here and what you discover is, man, Jesus had way more followers than that. And that's what the word disciple means. It means to be a follower or to be a student of a teacher, of a leader. And so that means if you have committed your life to Jesus, that means if you have declared, Lord, I want to do things your way, I want to follow you. Without you probably realizing it, you are a disciple. You are a student of a teacher. And that's something I want us to really pause for a second because we need to understand whose we are and what we are in Jesus. Because that's something I don't think we always grasp the gravity of. And I want to read this out of Peter. This comes from 1 Peter chapter 2 because I feel like it accurately describes this in a way that we need to receive. Peter says, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, and now you have to receive God's mercy. So church, we got to understand we are chosen and we are loved. Amen. And that goes for everybody in this room. You are chosen and you are loved. I want you to say that with me. I am chosen. Say it now. I am chosen. Do you believe it? Yes. Say, I am loved. I am loved. You are chosen and you are loved, church. So that means no matter what the world says about you, no matter what people try to put on you, that's not what God says. That's not what God sees. That's not what God has planned. That's not what God is saying about you. He says you are his. His very own possession. And as a result of being chosen, we are connected with God in a way that's supposed to display Him. That's supposed to show His goodness to others. Amen. It's important we realize whose we are and who we are in Jesus. In this text that we read, the Word also said that He chose 72 and that He sent them in pairs to specific places He planned to visit. That's a beautiful verse because it makes me think that there's work for all of us in the kingdom of God. That nobody doesn't have a role. We all have a place. And the fact is that you're not always going to have to be on a solo mission. God wants to put you with somebody to accomplish something that's greater than yourself. We all have a role in this. And I don't know if you caught what it said, but he said he sent them ahead to places he planned to visit. That means God is going to send us somewhere, but he's always going to be with us. He's always going to follow up on us. It's not some random place that he's never going to go and check on you or, or take care of. It's a place he's been preparing. And for a lot of us, we struggle about going to places. Because a lot of times, we go and travel without God. We get ahead of God. We want to go and do things. And then when we find ourselves in a whole lot of mess, and then God asks us to go somewhere, we're hesitant. We're like, oh no. Last time I stepped out in a place I didn't know about, Lord, it didn't work out too good. 
The last time I stepped out, I was trying something I was unsure of, Lord, it created a whole mess. But that's a different than doing things with God when he calls you to do something. You see, God's instructions is always accompanied with his provision. So you can walk with God and other people will be like, man, look at this person walking ahead of God. But they don't know your assignment. They don't know your mission. They don't know your instructions. See, other people can have their interpretations and they can tell you what they think you should do. But it never trumps what God has asked you to do. And that's what we have to receive, church. Okay, God, if you're asking me to do this, not only can I trust the place you're sending me, but I trust that I'm going to have all I need. Even when I don't see the resources, when I don't feel I have the equipment, when I don't have all the answers, Lord. You said if I have you, I have everything. So I can trust where you're leading me. And that's the difference of walking with God and walking without Him. So we can trust where He sends us. That's a beautiful thing. You don't have to have it all figured out. And Jesus said, man, the harvest is great, but I need more workers. We got to understand before we even go and accept any kind of assignment or mission, we already have a mission and an assignment. It all has to start with this first one. I want you to take this away this morning. Praying is our first mission. That's where it all got to start. It says Jesus instructed them and he said, hey, I want you to be praying about this. And if you saw, he was saying to pray with intention. A lot of times we pray very vague prayers. How can I pray for you? I'll just pray for my health. Pray for my children. God is like, first off, I want you to be more specific. I want you to be specific who you're praying to and what you're praying about. Because not everything is me. A lot of people are like, man, I pray, you know, to the universe. I pray to karma. I pray for all these different things. God said, no, you got to pray to me. Because I ain't everything else. We got to be intentional in our prayers. And to the one that is in charge. The world always promotes that there's chaos. But when we read in the word of God and when we come to find a relationship with God, everything's always under his control. And it made me think about renting a house, right? You could rent a house and never own the house, right? The people that have a house are still theirs. And I think about the enemy. A lot of people are like, well, the enemy, the devil, he runs this world, he owns this world. No, he don't. He just rented out space. He don't own this. This is the Lord's. This is God's. So nothing ever leaves his hands, his control. And praying is crucial because it keeps us of doing everything with him and not without him. Our world screams that we need to be independent. We need to do things on our own. So a lot of times we're not asking for help. We're just being hard-headed and forcing things our own way. But the Lord says, you got to be dependent on me. He says, those who remain in me, I will remain in them and we will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You're like, now I can't do nothing. He's just saying, man, look, everything that you do outside of me is going to lead to emptiness. You're not going to be fulfilled. It's not going to be really that meaningful. It's going to cause more problems that could have been avoided. So before we carry out any mission, our first mission is to pray. Pray specifically to the living God, to the God of the Bible. And pray that we have other people that will join us in this work to lighten our load. So praying ensures that we stay in step with God, that we can develop a clear vision of what the work is, 
but also that we have the power, that we have everything needed to complete the mission. That's part of our first mission, to pray. I want us to read now the next verse, verse 3 and 4, to see what else Jesus tells him. He said, now go, and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, not a traveler's bag, not an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anybody on the road. Man, Jesus knows it's good, right? He's always, we always like, man, I need to make sure I got an extra this, I got that. That's funny he said that, man. A lot of times we think about, okay, the lambs and the wolves, okay, I understand you're sending me to places that's going to be some danger. And then we read that second part and be like, hold up, though, you tell me not to take no money? No bags, no shoes, no time to nobody? I want you to take this away this morning and receive this. Jesus is saying, man, don't lose sight of what is real and important. He wants us to be mindful of our actions, understanding, yes, things are going to go smoothly when we go and step with God, when we travel to places He's leading us. We are going to face some difficulties. We are going to have some things rise against us. And that's something we should be alert to. We've got to be alert to our surroundings. We've got to be alert to people. Because not everybody got your best interests at heart. Not everybody is from the Lord, okay? So we can't downplay what's real, what can be harmful. You probably heard the saying, right? It's better to have something and not need it than need it and not have it. And that same rule of thumb that applies to us as a believer. Because God is always trying to equip us and prepare us so we won't be caught off guard. So we won't be caught by surprise. So we won't be caught slipping, okay? So we have to understand how to handle ourselves in these situations so we don't handle ourselves wrongly. Because a lot of times, if we see a wolf, what we want to do? We want to be a wolf, right? We want to fight fire with fire. Not realizing the damage that we're going to cause. And that's not what he asked us to do. He said, I'm sending you out as a lamb, not as a wolf. As a lamb among the wolves. We probably take that and be like, that don't make no sense, Lord. So you're just going to set me up to get, man, tore up, huh? You set me up for failure. But he's really saying this, look, man. You gotta understand that what I'm equipping you with is greater than what you're facing. I want you to be like the lamb that sacrificed his life for you. I want you to come with love and compassion because that's gonna overcome the aggression. That's why I don't want you to come with the wolf because you're gonna be aggressive. You're gonna be trying to knock people down and fight right back, and that ain't the way. That's not gonna accomplish the mission. That's gonna make it worse. So I'm sending you out as a lamb. When we meet difficulties with love and gentleness and compassion, then we have all that we need to complete our mission. And that's what you need to carry you through the end. You got to be sincere and you got to be committed to loving. And that's hard because people are hard to love. Life can be hard to enjoy. But he says when you have these things, you can take it all the way to the end. Even among the wolves. And then he said that other part that's kind of frustrating, right? Don't take no money. Don't take a bag. Don't take an expert shoes. Don't even talk to nobody. It's like, dang, Lord, you don't want me to pack? You want me to just pull up, huh? <laughs> Sometimes we take things way too literally, but that's not exactly what he's saying. He's saying, man, we need to skip and avoid things that are unnecessary distractions. Because we always are overthinking things. We always get sidetracked. We always get distracted and we lose sight of what's real and what's important. 
And it makes me think, when you have a day off, right? A lot of times we know we're going to have a day off. We plan, okay, on this day I'm going to go and make sure I cut my grass or I'm going to go do this. Then the day comes. And one thing after another keeps distracting us and the day ends. We're like, I didn't even get nothing done. I ain't even made no progress like I was supposed to. We're easily distracted. How many of us have got on your phone and the next thing you know, an hour's gone by? And you're like, you know what? I need to get out of this restroom right now. Yes. <laughs> we're easily distracted, though, the church. It's not in my house. My house, they be like, Dad, you in there, Dad? No. But Jesus is saying, you know, avoid unnecessary distractions. And the second piece to that, he says, man, we ain't got time to waste. If you think about the enemy, he's not taking any days off. He's not wasting any time of trying to destroy your life, of trying to steal things and take things from you, of trying to create wedges between you and God. He's taking advantage of all the time that he has because he knows his time is limited. We need to come with that same urgency and focus and attention when it comes to our mission because our time is limited. We don't know how long of a window we have. We don't know how much time we have with that opportunity before it's gone. So Jesus said, man, don't lose sight of what is real, what's your reality around you, but also what is important, what's your mission. And I love that, you know, as, as much as we're trying to do God's agenda, which is difficult a lot of times, at the end of all this, it's still his field. It's still his harvest. He's still in control. That means that God is sovereign. The word sovereign means that he's supreme. That he has all authority. He has all power. There are no limits. There are no restrictions. Everything's still always in his control. So that means that even though you do things and you're like, well, I thought I was going to be blessed by this. And you don't understand the complexity of what it was, what the purpose was. At the end of it, it always results in God's victory. Even when you don't feel like you're being a victory, like the victor, right? So our obedience is always going to bring forth his victory. So don't lose sight of the mission. I want us to continue to read. Let's go to verse 5 through 9, Luke 10. So then Jesus continues and he says, Whenever you enter someone's house, first say, May God's peace be on this house. And if those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. And if they are not, the blessing will be returned to you. Don't move around from home to home, stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality, because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. So he's saying, hey man, you got to be mindful when you step into these situations. You got to be mindful of your approach. I want you to take that away this morning. Our approach can impact somebody's response. A lot of times we, we want everybody to have the same experiences we're having with God, but a lot of times our approach is messing everything up. He said, man, you got to be mindful of how you're approaching things. The last thing anybody wants is get hit upside the head about Jesus. Nobody wants to get forced to love Jesus. Right. Nobody wants to have somebody swinging at their head and tell them, well, you know if you just quit drinking, you know if you did this, you know you need to repent right now. Nobody wants to hear that, man. Whenever you're struggling, when you're already feeling condemned, when you already have guilt and shame, right. you have to be mindful of your approach. Amen. She said, I want you to know to come in peace. I want to make sure that they understand you're coming, representing me, you're speaking peace over their life, over their home. 
We have to come in peace, church. We got to do things God's way in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And what happens after that? What do you say? If they don't want to receive it, I'm going to return the blessing back. That means, hey, you're not accountable for how they respond. That's good news for me because if I had been looking at the results of things, I would have felt bad. Like, dang, Lord, I did what you said, but this didn't work out. We don't understand the seed that's been planted. We don't understand what that moment needed. But he's saying, don't worry about that. Just do what I'm asking to. And if they accept you, Man, now you have more opportunity. You have more room to do things that I give you authority to. Now you can heal the sick. Now you can move in their life that transforms them. And if they don't, well, no big deal. Don't worry about it. You've done what I've asked. See, you can always gauge a person's acceptance by their demonstration of hospitality. And Jesus is telling them, man, so if somebody offers you something, you need to be gracious in how you accept it. Don't be all picky, right? Sometimes people give you a plate of food and you're like, I don't even eat that. The Lord saying, no, nah, man. Just go ahead and suck it up. Show them respect. Eat that plate. Right. If they offering you to give you money, man, I know you don't want to take the money. Just take the money. They're not trying to pay you for a service. They're trying to express their gratitude, their appreciation to you. Right. And you don't realize how your approach, how you receive that is going to affect their faith. Right. Hallelujah. A lot of times we forget that at the beginning of people's faith, no matter what stage, they're fragile. And especially if they're not a believer. Their faith is fragile. And all it takes is somebody like us. Of going with the wrong approach. And messing it all up. The Lord is saying man. I want you to be mindful of how you're approaching things. Be gracious when they give you something. Accept it. It's not a bad thing. The same way you go to a job and you get paid man. Sometimes you're going to get paid in ways you didn't expect. Accept it. Receive it. And then he told them to stay at one home. A lot of times we probably view that and be like, Lord, how are we going to reach everybody if we just here? Well, we don't realize when it goes back to that faith is fragile. That the disciples moving from house to house could easily defend other people that the house they didn't visit or they didn't stay in. They could have said, well, man, I guess we're not worthy enough to hear the message. I guess the Lord doesn't want nothing to do with us. They would have been fighting and competing with amongst each other just to have the disciples in their home. The disciples would have been having to fight through all this mess and figure out well, where we're going to stay next or what we're going to right, do. Right. What the Lord said, you don't need them type of distractions. You got a mission. You don't got a lot of time. You need to figure out what's important, what's real. Not get sidetracked. So we told them to stay in one place. Focus on what's important so they can avoid all those things. So we got to be careful with our approach. When we're reckless with it, man, we don't realize how we're a stumbling block, how we're messing somebody else's up faith. And it made me think about myself. Before I came to really know the Lord, I tried going to churches. I tried reaching out to the Lord. And every time I find myself in a church or with a brother or a sister, and they would just beat me over the head with Jesus. But in a way that I didn't feel loved, I felt condemned. I felt judged. I felt ashamed. And the last thing I want to do is spend more time with them. I said, I got to get out of here. This ain't what I thought it was. Man, you'll never know how your approach can impact somebody. So be mindful of that. Because we see this happen. I want to just continue reading. Let's see what Jesus says next. Verse 10 and 12. He says, now if a town refuses to welcome you, go into the street and say, 
We wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your faith. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even wicked, wicked uh, Solomon would have been better off than such a town on Judgment Day. He's saying, look, I'm going to give you an assignment. I'm going to give you a mission. But the results don't get hung up on it. Okay? Not everybody's going to want to receive it. Not everybody's going to accept you. And that's okay. Don't take it personally. I want you to take this away this morning. We aren't liable for what people choose. Our job is to introduce them to Jesus. Our job is to give them an opportunity to come and know the Lord in a way that is loving, in a way that is kind, that is compassionate. What they choose to do with that, man, that's all them. That's not us. We're not the ones that transform anybody. We're not the ones that save anybody. That's not our job. Our job is to introduce them, to show them God's love, to help them in building up their faith. Whatever, what somebody chooses to do, it's up to them. But Jesus is talking about Sodom. He's talking about this city that was wicked. And it got so wicked that God sent sulfur from the heaven down down to burn up everything. In this same chapter, Jesus then mentions three other cities. And he talks about how they came to destruction. But what he was saying is, hey, man, the more that you know, man, the more you're held accountable. And if these people had the opportunity, he's like, man, I believe they would have changed, but they didn't. And that's something we need to understand. The more that we come to the Lord, the more that we know about the Lord, the more that he's holding us to that standard. The more, man, acceptable we are to that judgment. And that's the truth about all of this. At the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own choices. The Lord says, man, what they choose is not on you. He says, man, take your shoes off, dust your feet, wipe them, leave. And those times that was a symbol of saying, hey, I'm, I'm separating myself. I'm cleaning my hands in this situation. I didn't have nothing to do with what they chose that was on them, that wasn't on me. Because we're only responsible for us. Now, there's some people that don't always believe it, but at the end of the day, they're going to be accountable for it, whether they believe it or not. We all have our own choices. We all have the freedom of choice. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a dangerous thing. The Lord says, man, don't take everything personally when you get rejected because they're not rejecting you. I want us to read what it says in 16 and 7 later in this chapter. Jesus then tells them, he said this to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. So he said, look, man, they're not rejecting you. It's got nothing to do with you. It's about me. And then we see the report. It says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. We can't allow what people choose to accept change what we already have. There's always things trying to influence us and sway us different directions. But this is a direction that you need to stand firm in, okay? You need to have some roots in this thing. And it made me think about the rain and, and just how it's been raining a lot. You know, a lot of times it rains and it just runs off. But whenever we have a good rain that is soaks into the ground, now we have the opportunity for the plant to grow, to birth new life. And that's the same truth with us. God is always trying to rain in our life. He's always trying to grow us deeper. But if we're not in positions to receive it, it's just going to run right off of us. And we're going to miss out. And the same is true for those that he puts on our path. 
those that are our assignments, those that are our mission. Sometimes we're going to do things and it's going to run right off of them. It's not going to catch fruit. But that's not your job. That's not your assignment. Yours is simply to introduce them to Jesus. Yours is to help them in that relationship with him. And what did we learn here? That you don't even have to have Jesus physically next to you to have the power and authority of his name in your life over the demons, over the uh, things that are going to be coming against you. We all have that in our corner. We have that power. We have that authority. We have to exercise it. We have to use it. And if we don't, well, that's on us. It's not on nobody else. But when we do do that, we always are going to get a return of joy. We're going to see God work in the face of adversity. And so this is my challenge for all of us this morning. That you will complete your mission. Now that looks different for everybody. And that changes from day to day, from week to week, year to year, month to month. Sometimes that means God's going to send you across the world. Sometimes it's across the street. Sometimes it's your friends. Sometimes it's your family. Sometimes it's a stranger. But how are you going to accept that mission and complete it? Are you going to come with the right approach? Are you going to be mindful of what is real and what's important? Are you going to be distracted? You're going to be focused on things that are going to mess up things. We all have a mission and assignment. So be mindful of that. Take advantage of that. Because we live in a world that a lot of people need Jesus, y'all. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are in pain. They're tired of this life. They're tired of living. They don't know if they're going to see any longer. And the Lord is going to put somebody in your path for you to love. For you to introduce. For you to walk with. And he's expecting you to be a part of that mission. Not me. Not your brother and your sister sitting next to you. Not your kids, not your spouse. He's expecting you. So complete your mission. Let me pray. Father, I thank you. Because I know what we don't deserve and how unworthy we are. But you still say we are chosen. We are loved. You still say that you want to use us for things that are beyond us. In ways that are beyond us. And Father, a lot of times we're just self-centered, Lord, if we're honest. We're only thinking about ourselves. We miss the person that is hurting right next to us. We miss the opportunity to express your love in a kind gesture. So, Father, help us. Man, first off, just ask for forgiveness for that. For the times that we've overlooked the person that you put right in front of us. For the times that we've ignored your instruction and we've only followed our own. Thank you that you don't just reconcile us and you fix things, Lord. You recreate. You make them even better. So, Father, help us walk in that. Help us walk in the recreation that you're doing in our life. The transformation, the restoration, or the authority, the power, or the equipping. Help us walk in all of that. Help us come with the right approach to love and care for people. Help us understand that even though we're among the wolves, we don't have to fight like them. That we could be a lamb and still overcome them in ways that are too good for them to understand, but in ways that it helps them receive love, receive you. So, Father, we all struggle with this. So we ask for more of your help in this. Help us complete our mission. Help us live a life that is well lived. 
Help us lift you up in our life. Father, we just thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.